Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. Have you ever considered the power of speech? Think about it. How many sayings we use to talk about misspeaking? Foot in the mouth, mouth off, loud mouth. Yet our words can be incredibly life-giving. We can build someone up, encourage someone who is lonely, or speak a blessing over a friend. Even what we say to ourselves has the power to become our identity. Join us for a new series on speech as we learn how our talk can align with what God says. Let's talk. So on the basis of that introduction, if you don't like Eric and his family, it's my fault. (laughs) Good to be here. Um, Had a great time with these younger people. Notice I didn't say young people. I'm I'm young. I'm I'm an old young. They're, They're just younger. All right. God bless you. Checks, a, <laughs> checks in the mail, man. That's good. That's good. There'll be nothing on the check, but I'll, I'll send you a check. <laughs> Gosh, maybe about 30 years ago, a little less than 30 years ago, there was this man who was, he was my mentor, um, one of the strongest mentors I've ever had, a real spiritual father. And his name was... Uh, Pastor Wally McGuire, he's since with the Lord. And I used to meet with him every week. And he taught me a lot about the Bible. He taught me a lot about ministry. I could ask him any question. And he usually had some pretty good answers. But I remember there was this one, one meeting we had. Lasted a couple hours. And it just changed my life. It was one of those moments where you go, huh, there's a before and then there's an after. Well, anyway... Wally and I were talking, and all of a sudden he goes, so, uh, what's the gospel? And I went, what, what? And I started just talking, you know, like, because I knew stuff. I was really smart, and I was up-and-coming leader, and I started giving all this theolo- theological stuff. He goes, stop, 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 stop. What, what is genuine Christianity? If you could just tell someone what genuine Christianity is, what is it? And so I went on another riff, and he's going, no, no, stop, 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 stop. He's talking to me that way. Stop, 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 stop. And he goes, here's what religion is. God has got standards. I mean, he, God knows stuff. This is how we're supposed to live. He's got standards. And religion says we don't meet those standards but our job is to try really, really, really hard to meet those standards. That's what religion is. The problem is we will never, ever, ever be able to meet those standards all by ourselves. That's religion. And I go, well, then what's Christianity? Christianity is same standards. We don't meet them, but when we surrender to God, then God in us slowly but surely raises up to where we meet those standards. And he goes, that's Christianity. It seems like, it it seems very pious and very sincere, like I'm gonna really try to be better, right? But the thing is, we can't be better on our own. And, And Wally just hit me on that. And here I was, I was up and coming leader, and I'm trying to be better and better, but I missed the important part that because of what Jesus had done in my life, Surrendering to him actually grew me into a place of greater maturity. So that, that was a big deal. 
And so that was over with, and I remembered it forever. And then we're talking some more, and then just out of nowhere, completely random. He was older than dirt, but he knew how to do random. He just went, <laughs> and he goes, so how do you know when a Christian is mature? And I said, well, they need to read the Bible and you know, just be around. I just did all the things. You gotta be around the block. And he goes, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. I go, all right, what's Christian maturity? He says, well, in James, has everything to do with what you do with your tongue. And I go, no way. And he goes, yes way. Well, that's not a direct quote. Anyway, so in James chapter three, verse two, it says, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect, and that word perfect means mature, okay? He is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. That's in the ESV. And the, in the New Living um, Translation, it, it sort of captures what's really going on. For if we could control our tongues, we would be mature and then could also control ourselves in every other way. And I'm looking at Wally, I'm looking at scripture, I'm going, that can't be right. And he goes, uh, it is right. That when you control your tongue, the fact that you can control your tongue is evidence that you're mature. So one of the signs and marks of spiritual maturity really is the ability to control our tongue and especially, especially how we talk about other people. Especially, there's some people just motor mouths, but real maturity has a lot to do with how do we actually talk about other people. And nowadays, you can talk with your tongue and you can talk with your fingertips. Thank God for Instagram, right? You know, so that, that how, do, how do we communicate about other people is a real litmus test about the extent to which we are genuinely mature Christians. No matter what we think, God's got a litmus test. We actually find out a lot about ourselves when we just listen to how we talk about others. In Matthew, um, Chapter 12 says, for out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. We find out what's really in our heart by what's communicated. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever had kids, you know, they, they, they just throw a tantrum and they look at mom and dad and go, I hate you. And then later they go, oh, I really didn't mean it. I'm tough. I go, yeah, you did. Yeah, you had hate in your heart. And it, just, it, just, it just surprised you. You actually had hate in your heart. Those words came out. You meant it. You just got caught. <laughs> Luke chapter six, verse 45. Out of the abundance of the heart, what's really going on in your heart, the mouth speaks. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm always surprised some of the things that come out of my mouth. Have you ever got so mad at someone and you go, well, I'm gonna say, you're gonna send that email or you're gonna put that thing on Instagram and it's just your fingers take over and the horrible things, yes, they're the Antichrist. You know, you just go, you just go absolutely incredible and you go, oh my gosh, I really hate these people. I didn't even know it. There's something about how we communicate about other people which reveals a lot about ourselves. Now, in the Bible, there's two kinds of negative talk. It goes by the name of gossip and slander. And here's some definitions, but it's all under the, uh, under the heading of 
just negative talk about people. Gossip, which by the way, if someone's a gossip, in the Hebrew, a gossip is really a whisperer. You know, when you, when you gossip, it's usually, hey, can I talk to you? There's a little whisper. There's a private thing. You don't put it all out there. You're whispering. Gossip involves conveying private or secret or negative information about the behavior or the personal life of other people. Now, this, this is often done without the whole truth, or maybe you don't know. It could be just, hey, did you read about Justin Bieber? I can't believe it. Yes, he's got 13 wives, you know? I read it. I don't know if it's true, but ooh, you know? Sorry, if you're a Justin Bieber fan, please uh, receive Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> now, many, many times when people gossip, they have a little bit of information and they share it with other people, right? And, and it's sort of damaging, but what they're really doing is, I got a hold of some secret stuff that you don't have. They're really elevating their own importance. See, I got information you don't, see? See how important I am? Do you like me now? It's really amazing. And then slander. Slander is a little tougher. It's an accusation maliciously uttered with the purpose or the effect of damaging another person's reputation. Generally, it's a false charge, but it doesn't have to be. It could actually be the truth, but it's circulated with a very hostile purpose. Now, gossip and slander, we think we know what it looks like. But the fact is, gossip and slander in our everyday communication and in our culture is actually more prevalent than we're aware. Here, this, just some example. Have you, ever, have you ever had someone go, yeah, Billy Joe Ray Bob, he's a good brother, but, and then whatever comes right after that is just not a nice thing right? Or I really love Billy Joe Ray Bob. Anybody named Billy Joe Ray Bob here? I don't want It's you. It's you. You're the one. We're all here for you. Anyway, but man, I, re- I really love him, but I tell you, if you want to find gossip and slander, follow the butts. Whatever comes after the butt is usually like gossip or slander. When people go, say, did you hear, just go, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. Social media does this so much. I'm not slamming it. Well, I sort of am. I think it's more the whole culture and our dependence on it and how that's just sort of another form of communication. It's amazing how we get sucked up into everyday gossip and slander without even knowing that's what we're doing. Have you ever had the people, they, they just blast someone, they go, look, I was just being honest, just being honest. Or, it's, yeah, I unload it up, but it really doesn't hurt anybody. Besides, everybody else does it. Or, I just had to get it off my chest. By the way, we're Americans, it's free speech. I get to take someone out with my words or my fingertips because we're in America. Well, that's great, but we're also in the kingdom. Or here's usually, when you vent about someone negatively, you usually feel like it's justified. Well, they hurt you and they deserve it. And so it's, it's all over the place. We do it a lot. 
Now, at this point, you go, well, it's just talk. It's not the best thing and all. But before we start justifying ourselves or minimizing these things, let's just take a look about what God says. What are his standards? How does God look at gossip and slander? It's a good idea because God knows stuff. He's like really smart. And our best definitions do not compare to God's definitions. So what, is, what does God think about gossip and slander? Proverbs 10, 18. Whoever utters slander is a fool. The word fool there is not like a goofball. It means morally deficient. And people go, well, I'm not morally deficient. I just gossip. And God's going, mm, mm, mm. there's an area in your life that's actually morally deficient, even if unintentionally you gossip. Man, isn't that just a kick in the teeth? You go, wait a second. I'm from the South. That's what we do, right? That's how we talk about it. We're just talking. Proverbs eleven thirteen: A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Here's what's interesting. The message here is, if you gossip, you're not trustworthy. To the extent that you're a gossiper, no matter what you think about yourself, God's going, you're really not trustworthy. If you're the sort of person who could betray a confidence, that says something more about you than anything that you say. Proverbs 20, verse 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. There it is again, untrustworthy. So avoid anyone who talks too much. You know what that's saying? That to the extent that we're gossipers, then to that extent, we're toxic. To the extent that we're just always talking about other people, trying to be important, passing this on, cutting on them, all that sort of stuff, that if that's really part of how we do things, God's sitting there going, "Mm, don't hate them, but just stay away from them because they're toxic. In Proverbs 16, verse 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. That's really interesting because a lot of people, look, I got a lot of friends and all, right? When someone gossips, that shows that they have the capacity to separate close friends. Have you ever listened to someone tear down someone else in front of you? And you go, man, that is horrible. Oh, they really hurt you. And then you walk away and go, I wonder how they talk about me when I'm not around. It's just an amazing thing that to the extent that we talk that way or we go like this, there's something in us where we're capable, even inclined, to separate close friends. Proverbs 26, verse 22. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. Let's say you have a pretty good opinion of someone and you really like them, they're friends, and they go, yeah, Billy Jory, Bob, he's a really great guy, but did you know, right? And then they fill in the the line after the but. Do you know how hard it is to look at your friend the next time the way you used to? Because that thing gets in there. And people go, well, I'm just talking, it really doesn't hurt anybody. Well, it may, not be the, it may not hurt the person that you're talking about, but what you're doing is you're sort of poisoning their well, making them think differently. 
Well, I didn't mean that. It doesn't matter what you mean. God's saying, when you gossip or slander, guess what? You're throwing out little poison pills into other people's souls so that their perception of others just gets tainted just a little bit. Now, at this point, people go, oh, you're being a little severe. It's really not that bad. You know, I probably should clean it up and all that, but I really don't mean anything. This is where we really need to depend on God. In Matthew chapter uh, 15, it says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth, they come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Ready? Here's the lineup. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Slander belongs in that lineup, according to God's view. God's, God doesn't go, well, slander, it's one of those, you know, it's a, it's a misdemeanor sin. God's going, no, 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 no. And, and then it says, these are what defile a person. Think about it. All these things, when we have those things in our heart, we have a slanderous heart, we don't realize it, but when we speak it, we're defiling ourselves. It's amazing. God hardly talks about the effects of gossip and slander on other people's lives. He hardly ever talks about it. He doesn't say it's bad because it hurts other people. He's saying it's, it's, it's unrighteous, it's, it's bad. Why? Because it defiles you. And just to pound it home, Mark chapter seven. What comes out of a person, that's what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. I mean, for many of us, we're going, I didn't know God looked at gossip and slander like that. And then for many of us, this is an aha moment. Well, you know, following God, you're gonna have a lot of those. Welcome to the journey. But God's going, hey, you know, when even if we're unintentionally, as part of our culture and all, when we engage in gossip or slander, whether it's with our mouth or it's with our fingertips, we're actually defiling ourselves little by little, and we don't even know it. The damage, the damage that comes from gossip and slander is mostly to ourselves. And because we're in a culture, cancel culture, this culture, that culture, we don't even know that we're defiling ourselves. We don't even know that our spiritual sensitivities are being dulled because of these commonly accepted practices. So in light of all that, God defines gossip, he defines slander, we're surprised, and then you go, okay God, so what should we do about it? Glad you asked, 1 Peter chapter two, verse one. Therefore, remember that standard, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every 
kind. Dang. Think about this. I, I don't want to see a raise of hands, but we all, we all speak negatively about other people behind their back. We all gossip. We all slander. Varying degrees of that. We all do it. And here's God saying, hey, could you just tone it down? No, he doesn't say it. He goes, stop it. Get rid of it all. And you go, how do I get rid of it all? I'm used to it. This is how I establish friendships. This is how I show that I'm important. This is just how I do life. This is how I make myself feel better about, the, uh, about myself. And I'm much better than the person who hurt me. My, this, this is my life. You want me to just get rid of it? And God goes, uh, yep, get rid of it. Well, that's going to be sort of hard, huh? You're all looking at me like, can we go to next week? <laughs> God sets a standard, and he's not budging. He's not. But his heart is not to condemn us, slap us upside the head, punish us, and say it stinks being you. That's not God's way. He goes, here's the standard and I will, I, if you want, I'll equip you. And if you grab it, I will not only forgive you for your foolish way of communicating, but what I'll do is I'll equip you so you can grow into righteous communication. That's God's heart. He sets the standard, and then he doesn't say you're not good enough. He sets the standard. He says, if you're willing, just own that you don't meet the standard. God absolutely own it, don't justify it, don't excuse it, don't say that's how my mama used to talk, just own your thing and then surrender it and God will give you things that will help you grow into a different way of communicating. Isn't that cool? You're all looking at me like, no, when's this show over? Here are three keys to controlling our tongue. Now this is only if you wanna be mature, right? Uh, this is only if you want to stop defiling yourself. Yeah, this is a, if you want to go, look, I love being toxic. I'd like to just keep on defiling other people. I'm good. Maybe one day I'll change. But if you want to grow in maturity and you actually want to be less, less toxic, right? Have, have your soul go through a colon cleanse. You know what I'm saying? Then these keys are for you, okay? First, Starve your appetite for gossip and slander. How do you do that? Now listen, I am not gonna get religious and say, everybody get off Instagram or this and that, but have you ever thought about just fasting? Just fasting. I ain't gonna do it because it's, it's such a, an absorbing way of communicating that even when you go, well, I won't do it as much, you're still doing it a little bit, just sort of, Detox for a while. Go three months. Or this is, this is what I do. I, I've lost some friends over this. If someone wants to talk to me about how offended they are with someone, I will go, I'll smile. Because, you know, Christians, we smile. Especially if we're going to correct them. Hi, how are you? This is going to hurt. <laughs> and, you, and then you go, all right, hold it right there. Hold it right there. All right, I understand you're hurt. Have you brought this to the Lord? No. Have you taken this offense to the person? Right? And they go, no. I go, well, by golly. I can arrange a meeting between the two of you. 
I have done it. I have just said, hey, look, you know, I know you're hurt and maybe I can help you with it. But the first thing you gotta do, instead of talking about Billy Joe Ray Bob, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I choose to forgive this guy. I, I, you know, uh, God, forgive me the hatred in my heart. And then go figure out a way to talk with him, all right? And th- that, that, that's God's way of dealing with stuff. Not talking about people, it's talking to people. And I said, I'll help you, I know it's hard, but there is this process. And some people are going, well, I ain't gonna talk to you no more, all right? But starve your appetite for gossip and slander. Just go, be nice about it. Say, I would rather that, let's pray for that person, and then let's arrange a time when you can talk with them, right? Now, sometimes when you do that to a gossip, you know what they're gonna do? They'll get all mad at you, and they'll gossip about you. Yeah, they will. And then in a true Southern way, you just go bless their heart. (laughs) That's what you do. That's what you do. I've lost half of you with the, why don't you fast this stuff? I just want to know all about Justin Bieber. (laughs) Justin Bieber doesn't know anything about you. He doesn't care about the information you have on him. And who, you know, yeah, he's got a wife, but he's probably got 14 concubines. I mean, there's all this sort of stuff, and you're in the know, and you talk about it. Why don't you just fast that stuff? See if you can actually get a life, okay? (laughs) Just try it. You know you're addicted to something when you say, I'm not gonna do it for a while, and then you start going. (laughs) You don't go on Instagram, but your best friend is still on Instagram, and you go, hey, what's going on? (laughs) So starve your appetite for gossip and slander. You know, know, like, this is for the, the older adults. You know, sometimes we have family problems and things like that, and you know, our, our kids are crazy and our in-laws are nuts and they're just pains in the butt and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of our conversation is just how bad they are. Try this, say, listen, honey, I know my mother goes to work on a broom. I know it. <laughs> I know she says bad things, but instead of our going, eh, 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 why don't we pray for her? Why don't we just pray for her? Because she needs prayer. And while you're doing it, pray for me because I'm her son. (laughs) So starve your appetite for gossip and slander. Do something else. Here's the second one. Buy time. This is a way of self-training. Buy time. Before you say something or before you go like that, however you communicate, just step back and ask yourself a couple questions. Here's the first one. Why do I want to write this? Just why? And just find out. I mean, because you know, just, all right, why am I doing this? I want them to suffer. Okay. As a Christian, that's not a good motive. I want them to suffer like they made me suffer. Okay. Unforgiveness. But just ask the question, why am I doing this? They did it to me, so I'm going to get back at them worse. Just listen to yourself. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to spread this? Second one, 
If I was talking about this person, if they walked into the room, would I change what I say? Oh, did you know about Billy Joey Bob? He's just really good. Yeah, he did that. Gosh, you know, I think all the cars he has, he stole them all. And Billy Joe Ray Bob, how are you? Praise the Lord. So good to see you. Those are really nice. I mean, it's just amazing. Would the person you're talking about, their, would their presence change how you talk about them? That might be an indication you're gossiping and slandering, which would give you a pause like, I think I'm not going to do it, no matter how much you want to. Here's another one. Have you noticed that many of the people who gossip and slander, right, are incredibly paranoid about what other people say about them? They're the ones who go, look, I don't want you to think this about me. When people do that, I go, but what if what I think about you is true? <laughs> I don't want you to think that I'm mean-spirited, but you are, <laughs> How do you want other people to talk about you? Now here, this is a really neat thing, because we sow, when we talk about other people, guarantee one of two things gonna happen. Either you're gonna find out more people are talking about you, you'll just discover it, or what's even worse, you're just sure everybody's talking about you, but you just don't know about it. It's like torment. Yeah, right? And so you just ask yourself, do I really want to do this? Do I want to sow into that kind of future? It just buys you time. But now here's the killer. You could try really hard to starve your appetite, and you can try really hard to buy time by asking questions, and God will give you grace. He'll help you do it. But there is one way that'll really do the trick. Surrender the control of your tongue to God. Why would I say that? Well, we, we talked about maturity, that a mature person can control their tongue. In verse eight, it says, but no man or woman can control their tongue. Welcome to the kingdom. You wanna be mature? Control your tongue, but you can't. <laughs> Love your enemy, but you can't. You cannot control your tongue. But the Holy Spirit can. But God can. Years ago, I was at this church. It was in Hammond, Indiana. Peru First Assembly. Never mind. And uh, I'd known the pastor for a number of years. Uh, I really enjoyed the guy. And he finally just said, hey, man, why don't you just come and visit and minister? I said, you got it. So I prayed. And I, I had a great message for that Sunday night. I was going to stay the whole week. This was back in the day when revival meetings were cool. And uh, so I had this great message, great introduction. People are going, ooh, ah, the prophet's here, right? And I'm ready to give the message. And God just, change it. And just by the seat of my pants, I said, you know, 
This church is hopping. At the time, they had about 400 people. This church is hopping. The Spirit of God's here. Worship is not superficial. God's moving. You're growing. You know, you're a great commission church and all. And I go, but you could lose it over time. And they went, like, we're going to give you an honorarium <laughs> to, to say that about us. I go, listen, this church is embedded in a culture where where gossip and slander is a normal way of communicating. And over time, if you continue talking like that about the pastor, you know, talking about what he wears, sorry. Uh, no, I mean, just talking to have the meetings before the meetings. And all. If that's your normal way of doing, after a while, that'll just sort of cut, cut at the roots of what God's trying to grow here. I was taking a big risk. A big risk. And I, I said, look, this is a mature church, but you could become immature and sort of self-destructive if you continue like this. And they were like, the Holy Spirit, thank God, was there. And they're all convicted. And I go, God wants you to control the tongue. And they're going, okay, praise the Lord. And then I go, but you can't do it. Stuck. And I go, but the Holy Spirit can. Would you be willing to surrender the control of your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And this is a number of years ago, I'm very Pentecostal and all. And they were waiting for an altar call, right? And I was afraid of that because I think they'd come up and just lay their tongues on the, on the <laughs> stairs and they would have done it. So I said, listen, you know, why don't we all stand and let's close our eyes. And the worship team, they got up there. And I go, why don't we in the presence of God, surrender our tongue to the Holy Spirit. So we went like this, and I started praying that. You know, God, please forgive us the way we've used our tongues. You know, we can't change without your help. We surrender our tongues, and I couldn't help it. I had to peek, <laughs> right? And there were about 400 people going... There's not enough inner healing for me to get over that picture. And I'm going, what the heck? And you know, the worship people, they're going like this, and I turn around, and gosh, the bass guitar guy, right? He's going. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit did its job. And I mean, I went to that church two, three times a year for like maybe 15 years. And John Thomas, who was the pastor at the time, he goes, that one message probably saved the church. And I go, well, I knew that. No, I didn't. <laughs> Would you be willing just to choose to allow the Holy Spirit to start controlling your tongue so the next time you're going to say that thing or the next time you're going to do this thing, the Holy Spirit goes, eh. And you just, you just sort of obey that little nudge then you obey the next nudge. And after a while, the Holy Spirit has trained you to speak in a godly way. Wouldn't that be great? Standards here, surrender your tongue. He'll bring you right up there. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, if you wanna throw your tongue out there, that's fine. Holy Spirit, forgive us for, for embracing how the culture communicates. Forgive us 
for how we've used our tongue and our fingertips. Uh, we, we confess it, we lay it down before you, and we receive your forgiveness. We want to grow in maturity. We want that. So we ask, Lord, would you accept our tongue? We surrender the use of our tongue so we could speak life instead of death, so we could speak words that sow a good thing into our future instead of defiling us. Please do that for us. Just that one, one thing would mean a lot to us. And for those of you who have heard this whole thing, if you're not in the kingdom, if you're not born again, this is a good message, but it really doesn't apply to you right now. The message you need to hear is Jesus died for all your sins. Your past, present, and future, he died for them all. And if you would just acknowledge that, humble yourself and Lord, please forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life and start a new thing in me. If, if that's your prayer, I'm gonna pray that right now on your behalf. You don't have to raise your hand. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I see it. And there's nothing I can do about it. I confess I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me, cleanse me? And, and Jesus, would you come live in my life and lead me and guide me all the days of my life? Now, if you prayed that prayer, that was the best thing you've done ever in your life. Uh, we bless you. For those who prayed that prayer, thank you.